Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to another Arsecast on arsblog.com in association with classicfootballshirts.co.uk. A busy show coming up? Well, sort of. We've got the usual sort of stuff. We've got a blog chat with the man from East Lower. We've got the competition winners from our classicfootballshirts.co.uk competition. You could win a poster uh, featuring many Arsenal shirts. We'll also have a bet of the week with bluesquare.com. We'll have Arsene Wenger Hawkins here and also an update on Perry Groves and his book, We All Live in a Perry Groves World, uh, how his book is faring uh, in the sales charts uh, compared with that of Ashley Cole. There'll also be some information about uh, Perry and some personal appearances he's making. So if you want to go along and meet the man and get your book signed, uh, stay tuned and we'll give you more uh, details on that. Okay, last week, uh, as uh, many of you know, there was no Arsecast due to technical difficulties and I had a lot of emails asking exactly, you know, what was the problem? Why couldn't you do the Arsecast? Well, essentially what happened was uh, the magnesium capacitor underneath the ditromic crankshaft in my computer was filled with corpulent energy shavings. This, you see, was preventing the secondary autocatalytic processor from functioning because the dispositional megachip was sending primary flux signals to the homeostatic RAM cluster, and as you all know, that's just not good news. Not only that, the modularity system was reproducing an ancient architectural configuration causing a multi-level emergence and a punctuated equilibrium around the stable polymorphic agent. Uh, so uh, there was just no way I could get it done. I rang up Apple and said, look, you know, what's the story? Can you help me here? The guy said, restart your computer. And it worked. Fantastic. So here we are. Luckily, there's an Arsecast today. Now, had there been an Arsecast last week, I probably would have talked a little bit about the trip to Liverpool, my first time at the new stadium, watching us win 3-0, sitting beside my mug-smashing Liverpool supporting brother as he watched his team get hammered uh, into the middle of next week. Uh, but there wasn't one, so it seems a little bit uh, silly to talk about it now. Just suffice to say that uh, the new stadium is absolutely magnificent. It's a really great place to watch football. Obviously, it lacks something, like I said on the blog, it lacks a little bit of something in terms of atmosphere and obviously in terms of history because it's so brand new, but um, it really is fantastic. Uh, walking past Highbury on the way down, uh, because pre-match pints, as always, uh, were in the Bank of Friendship, uh, which is my uh, lucky bar. Uh, but walking down past Highbury and seeing the scaffolding on the, on the side of the East Stand, seeing the North Bank uh, being taken apart, uh, the clock end gone, also the, the West Stand uh, coming down bit by bit, it's all a little bit sad. And, and um, when you've got a few problems uh, at the new home like we have, uh, both on the pitch and I think uh, off the pitch, not off the pitch so much as in the stands and this uh, this uh, problem that seems to be emerging with, with people leaving early um, and that's something we'll cover in, in another Arscast. It does make you a little bit more wistful for the old place and uh, 
the character that it had, but I, I guess that's progress. If we want the best players at Arsenal, we want to be successful and we want to be able to compete with the, the biggest clubs in Europe, then the move was, was absolutely necessary. All the same, I went to the new Arsenal shop, which has just about everything you could possibly think of related to Arsenal. Um, it's just, a, it's huge. Uh, and I got myself a brand new Arsenal hat, stripy little woolly hat type thing, which... Uh, I don't know, it's it's a bit Benny from Crossroads, but what can you do? It's now a lucky hat. I wore that hat during the game. We won 3-0. The mug smasher was terribly unhappy, and we got home safe and sound after uh, many, many beers and, and rums and gin and tonics, so it's all good. Now, on to this week's blog chat, and we welcome back the man from East Lower. Uh, that's eastlower.co.uk. We met... Uh, before the Liverpool game at the Bank of Friendship, actually, we'd sort of got mobile numbers and we're texting to say, look, I'll be here, you'll be there, etc., etc. And he recognised me because I said, I'll be the one who looks nothing like my brother. Uh, so he managed to look at two people standing beside each other and see that we looked so unlike each other that it just had to be me. Anyway, it was good to meet him. On this week's blog chat, we talk about the consistency in the team and how we can go from beating Reading 4-0 to struggling against teams like West Ham, Newcastle uh, and Everton. Uh, also, the first goal at the Grove. Why do we keep giving it to the opposition? 4-4-2 or 4-5-1? Thierry Henry, should we sell him? Some people think we should. We don't agree. And also a look at the Bolton away game. So here's this week's blog chat. So now we welcome back to the Arsecast, the man from East Lower. Hello to you. Good evening. Okay, the last time we spoke was after the Reading game, which we won uh, 4-0. And we both sat here and sort of tentatively um, considered the fact that the team had finally clicked and, and we'd move it on from there. Since then, though, we had a 1-1 draw with Everton, 0-0 against Moscow. We lost 1-0 away to West Ham. Then we won 3-0 against Liverpool at home and 1-1 last week uh, against Newcastle. Uh, on Wednesday night, we left it very late uh, to, to win 3-1 against Hamburg. Consistency is the problem with this team, isn't it? Uh, it de- yeah, it does, seem, it does seem to be that way, doesn't it? Uh, it it's, it's funny, though, because I still think I still think we're playing really good football. Um, you know, the approach play... Uh, has been pretty good and, um, and and it's still quite you know it's good football to watch it's not like we really look that bad but there's definitely something not quite there isn't there and apart you know the Liverpool game aside it, it's uh, yeah it hasn't been uh, hasn't been brilliant the problem well I mean obviously one of the big problems is is the fact that whenever somebody comes to play at the new stadium we seem to to want to make them feel very welcome by letting them score first um yeah, yeah, it's very accommodating, obviously. It is. Isn't it? Where I, think. I have to say, you know, it's it's quite mannerly and genial. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But uh, if it had happened once or twice, maybe you could write it off as as being uh, an accident. Or, but I don't know. It, it's happened what five times? Yeah, yeah, it has, hasn't it? And and they've, and and they've for the most part been sloppy goals to let in. I mean, I, I think possibly. Uh, in, in, in the, against Hamburg, it, it was a good individual goal. Maybe you can't be too critical of that, but but um, but all the others, almost without exception, they've just been sloppy, haven't they? And 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 poor. Uh, it just makes it hard. For you. It makes makes it so much harder because you start chasing the game, and teams are already coming to the uh, the new ground, trying, you know, and putting them behind the ball and, and trying to come away with with a point. And when you're one nil down, it just makes it so much harder. And stupid goals. I and mean, sometimes you know, if, if you if you concede a really good goal, ultimately you've got to hold your hands up and say, look, they scored a brilliant goal. But it hasn't really been that way, has it? No, I mean, certainly last week against Newcastle, um, it was easily preventable, that goal. Well, certainly we could have made it much more difficult for Kieran Dyer. Okay, well, given that that was a problem, 
and the fact that when that happened in the past, we we struggled to come back. We relied on uh, set pieces from Henri and Van Persie to get us back in the games. It was nice last night to see us finally put that to rest. And and do you think that maybe there was a little psychological problem there, and and we we've we've overcome that? It's, it's, it's possible there was, and certainly the more it happens, the more it must affect the players. You know, they're only human. Um, and so I guess um, I guess it has. I hope it has. I mean, we, the thing about last night is again we had a, a first half which was you know nothing special, a bit like against New, Newcastle really, and we and we did play a lot better in the second half, and we just fought away, battled away, and uh, and and we got our just uh, a reward in the end, uh, just just by kind of keeping at it, which I think is really promising, um, and obviously uh, it was a bit of a the goalie should perhaps have saved Ebuwe's goal last night but maybe you need that bit of luck and we haven't always had it so um, yeah I think I'd like to think we turned the corner but then maybe we said that before against uh, Liverpool you know yeah that is true do, do you think um, uh, there's anything to be uh, drawn from the fact that in the first half we played 4-5-1 and the second half we played uh, a 4-4-2 because for me I understand uh, why we would go to somewhere like Madrid away or United away and play 4-5-1 because uh, because of the, I suppose the size of our team, the size of our midfield, uh, it, it needs that extra extra man in there. But when you play, um, with all the greatest respect in the world to, to these teams, when you play Everton at home, when you play West Ham away, who were on a stinking run at the time, when you play Newcastle, uh, who were really one of the worst sides so far this this season, when you play them at home and play four five one. I don't know, you're showing them a little bit too much respect, in my opinion. Hamburg, again, had, I think, won one, one, one game in 20. So to play 4-5-1 against a team like that, I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. I think we're most comfortable, like most English teams, with 4-4-2. Um, and as you say, away, it can be called for sometimes, and it works really well, especially um, in European competition, you know, when it's two legs, and uh, you, you, that, that, it works well there. And... I don't know. It worked well at Old Trafford, didn't it? But um, uh, I agree with you. I, I don't think I don't think it suits. Um, I don't think it suits the side that much at the moment. And and, and I, I think Henri's sort of playing a, a, a strange role. Van Persie out on the left. He, he's done all right, but um, he hasn't looked a hundred percent comfortable out there. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I, I'd rather see it four four two. But then maybe Wenger's got his reason. Maybe he does feel that the pitch is we're not used to it being so wide. Maybe he feels that the, the midfield isn't strong enough or something. I, I don't know why he, he, he persists with it, but, but you know, uh, he, he's the man. He knows. Well, I suppose so, but you put uh, Van Persie up front and within sort of eight minutes of the start, he scored and looked an awful lot more dangerous, I think, coming in from the right-hand side of a front two uh, than he does on, on the left-hand side, uh, you know, in a 4-5-1 because he's constantly coming back inside and, and looking for a left-footed pass, which is putting him back into midfield, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it does. I think I think uh, I mean I think his best position is 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 a bit uh, a bit off the front man, a bit like Bergkamp was not out on the wing. And you know you could you could put uh, any good player can can do a job out there. But whether he's that's his best position, arguably it's just not, is it? And like you say, he um, he looks a lot more comfortable through the middle. Um, so I don't know. It, it's it's a funny one. I'm not quite sure. Um, I'm not sure. I, I think it works sometimes, and other times it doesn't. And, and uh, uh, I mean, it possibly it, it, it's just that we're not 100% ticking uh, at the moment as a team. You know, perhaps we're only working at sort of 90%, and maybe that's why it doesn't look so effective. I don't, I don't know, but I, I agree with you. I, I'd I'd like to see him um, 
play four four two more often. Okay. Another reason that I think we should revert to the four four two on a more regular basis is because uh, for me, you're wasting Thierry Henry when when you play him as a lone striker. It's really not the sort of role that uh, that a player like him uh, thrives on. You get a big guy like Drogba, and he can he can do that. He can hold the ball up, and he can bring in the the midfielders that are coming in. Henry, increasingly to me, looks like he really really doesn't enjoy playing uh, in a four five one. As well as that, I I think when you play him up front with somebody else, he uses that person uh, and their runs to to take defenders away which gives him more space on the ball, which makes him more effective. But when you're asking him to plough a lone furrow uh, up front, uh, I don't know. I think you're wasting uh, Thierry Henry. Yeah, I, I think, I think, I think he, he... I mean, I don't think, with the possible exception of, of Adi Bayo, I don't think any of our strikers are the best at sort of holding front, lone front men, you know, ploughing that, uh, ploughing that uh, furrow up, up the top. I'm not sure that's... Uh, we've got, you know, if Henry loves playing from Zeke, Van Persie too... Walcott really, I mean, he's he's playing on the wing now. I think we, uh, he, he, that's where he's coming on. And Andy Bayor, he does it okay. But I, I, I agree with you. I think Henri, he, he um, he's best when released from deep, and he's just so fast, and, and his timing of his runs is brilliant. So, um, I would prefer him to be back in his uh, with, with someone a willing helper up front, just like you actually. But I don't know. It's a tricky one. I, I uh, ultimately, um. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It doesn't seem to be working uh, as well as it uh, perhaps should at the moment. Yeah. Um, it looks to me at the moment like he's not particularly enjoying uh, playing there. And you said to me today uh, in an email that you know you, you were listening to people saying that that Henri should be sold, you know, based on on his lack of effort or whatever whatever thoughts they might have. Um, it's a bit crazy, isn't it? Because if we'd sold him in the summer, everyone would have accused the club of lacking all sorts of ambition and, and that sort of thing. Uh, and now, after a few bad games where he's playing in a role he, he quite obviously dislikes, people want to sell him. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I just think... I think he'd probably be the first to admit uh, that he's not he's not um, at his best at the moment. In fact, he's given reasons why. He said, you know, he, he lost two massive finals, you know, the, the Champions League final and the World Cup final. Psychologically, maybe that affected him. Uh, and also, he didn't have a pre-season. He, he, he kind of went, I don't know when the World Cup final was, was it July the something, wasn't it? He came straight back in. And um, those two things, can't, it must have had an effect. And he isn't playing at his best. But to, just because he's had 10 bad games in, what, five, six uh, seasons, he, he, it's just ridiculous. I mean, the guy's he's our all-time top scorer. Um, he's all, he's still scored six goals or so this season. It's not exactly like he hasn't scored at all. Okay, he's, he he probably is. Um, his, his body language isn't great, and he's not. Uh, sometimes that doesn't really help the rest of the team. But ultimately, he's Thierry Henry. He's a fantastic player. You just, you, I, I just think that even to consider selling him is just ludicrous. Do you think that has something to do with? Uh... The, the 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 football fan of of today who who really doesn't have uh, the same patience. I mean, lots of people, and you'll say it yourself that well, you should have seen us play in the '80s if you want really want something to complain about. I suppose uh, at the same time, though, a team sets its own standards, you know, and you have to judge them based on on those standards. Um, but really, uh, two or three bad results and and people start calling for heads when when it's quite obvious that it's not going to happen. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think, I mean, I think it is a bit of a catch twenty two when you, when you play so well for so long and 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 when the style of football we play as well, um, 
people begin to expect, and perhaps rightly, I, I don't know, they begin to expect that it should happen all the time. It, it's, it's not going to. Uh, footballers are humans. Um, they, they're not always uh, at the top of their game. Uh, <clears throat> I just think, um, you know, perhaps uh, we're not, as a team, firing on all cinders. But... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I mean, to start asking for wholesale changes, I just I think it's too early personally. Maybe we, you know, we we can cross this bridge at the end of the season if things have gone disastrously wrong. But to me, you know, we're unbeaten at home. We've lost two two league games away, neither of which we probably should have lost, and we're playing actually quite well. So um, uh, I just think uh, I think we should lay off any talk of that at the moment. More patience required. Absolutely, yeah, I, I think so. And you know, like, like you say, uh, in in the mid '80s and, and even in the mid '90s. Uh, sort of um, pre pre Wenger. Some of the stuff we dished up was just diet, and uh, you know I think we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't forget that really. Okay, when when we spoke last time about uh, after the Reading game, uh, and we were talking about has this team clicked or not, you said half of me thinks we've clicked, but there's another half in the background a bit which says let's play Bolton away first before uh, yeah. we make those. <laughs> <laughs> now sa- uh, Saturday uh, is yeah. Bolton away, uh, traditionally is, a difficult yeah. fixture. Yeah, it is. It is. I think um, Allardyce knows exactly how to play us. Um, he knows how to instruct his team <clears throat> to wind us up. And, and, you know, I don't blame him for that particularly. It might not be the prettiest thing, but, I mean, all teams want to get there. You know, it's his job to, to pick up his points. So I think it'll be exactly the same this Saturday. I think it will be a big test. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Will we win it? I, I'd like to think we will, but... Uh, because of the way the season's gone so far, it just it just could go either way, couldn't it? We could, we could romp away, uh, or it could it, it could be a defeat. I don't, I don't know. I wish I'd be more uh, optimistic. I'm not sure about you. Yeah, I think I don't know. I just have a feeling that that uh, we've done well in big games this season and games that you know we've had a had a point to prove. Our last away game was was West Ham. We owe Bolton big time, I think, because uh, last season's Bolton performance was probably the. Uh, the low point of the season, um, it was pretty miserable. Uh, I, I just have a feeling that this time around we, we we're going to have too much for them, um, and I think that uh, if it's built up uh, internally as a big game, as a game that we can uh, that we have to win, and a game that we have a point to prove in, then then I think we'll do that. 
I'll tell you what I was going to, uh, um, <clears throat> I was just going to say to you actually, have, have you noticed how two or three of the teams that we've drawn against have been down on their luck but suddenly have played really well? It's almost like it's been their turning point. I mean, I found that with Newcastle, everyone was saying how bad they were and they were really quite good. And, <clears throat> and you know, it, it's been, it was a bit like that with Hamburg up to a point, wasn't it? They, they, were, they, didn't, they didn't like as bad as everyone said they were going to be. That's a good point. Actually. And I wonder whether people are really raising the game um, against us or, or whether we just hit them at a bad time. Um, or maybe they're at such a low point where, you know... Uh, can't get any worse. They can't get any worse. That's what bad I... That's, timing for us, then. Yeah, my, my, my theory was about West Ham, uh, and sadly this was <laughs> completely wrong, was that before the West Ham game, uh, they'd lost something like eight or nine in a row, and then they won yeah. against... Blackburn, I think it was, and I was quite happy at that because it meant that, you know, uh, at some point, the more you lose, the, the, the higher the probability is that you're going to win in your next yeah, game. Yeah, so especially they, if you've got an OK team, which they exactly, have. Exactly, yeah. And then, you know, oh, that didn't turn out to be the case, but that's true enough. Newcastle... Um, but you look at the Newcastle team. Newcastle team isn't that bad. And, and you know, uh, I, I thought I thought Martins, uh, he, he caused us all sorts of problems. Dyer looked good. Uh, and, and obviously they got quite solid, and their defence somehow held on, but their midfield's always been quite good, so I think maybe we, we just hit them at a bad time, they were coming out of a rut or something, I don't know, it's possible, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the thing, the thing about, uh, you play a team with Titus Bramble in defence, and, and, you know, it's always a disappointment when, when you don't win. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, but yeah, I think you're probably right that, uh, you know, we've come across teams who are, who are really struggling and can't get any worse, and, and we've met them at a had a bad time. All right, well, we'll leave it there for now. Thank you, the man from East Lower. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, no problem, Jim. Thank you very much to the man from East Lower for taking the time to talk to me on another blog chat on the Arsecast brought to you in association with ClassicFootballShirts.co.uk. A different Arsenal blogger or somebody else uh, next week on next week's show. I'm, I'm trying to work on something there. Um, a couple of people emailed me and asked me, uh, what about interviewing the Mug Smasher for this week's uh, Arsecast? And uh, I asked him and he said, fuck off, which is fair enough as well. And a number of people have asked me, about 50 people so far have emailed me to say, will you please get Miles Palmer from Arsenal News Review on the Arsecast uh, to see if he'll come along and, and talk to you? Um, I'm not sure if he would, to be honest. I suppose I could send an email and, and see if he'd like to come along. Miles, if you're listening, if you'd like to get involved, it's arsecast at arsblog.com. Maybe I'll send an email, but um, we'll see. I, I'm sure he probably wouldn't. But uh, anyway, we'll have another blog chat with somebody or other uh, next week. Now... Uh, a couple of weeks ago on the last Arscast, uh, the Arscast sponsors, ClassicFootballShirts.co.uk, gave me three posters to give away, which featured uh, pictures of a whole load of Arsenal shirts from, from down the ages, if you will. Uh, I asked you to email me your favourite Arsenal shirt, and the three answers that tickled my fancy the, the most uh, would, win the, would win the poster. The winners are Andy Murray who says uh, for the 1979 FA Cup final shirt, because that game for me uh, holds a special significance because it's the first real Arsenal game that I remember watching and, and being so happy when we were 2-0 up and then so distraught when they got it back to 2-2. I was looking at my father as if to say, this can't possibly happen. Please make it not happen. Take those two goals away. And then we know what happened. Brady to Ricks to Sunderland, uh, Q jumping around the place, uh, and I was only nine years old at the time. It was brilliant. Anyway, Andy Murray says that's his favourite shirt because we beat the shit-eating man cunts. Um, 
Well, it's just poetry, that, isn't it? So well done to you, Andy. Also, Ian Norris says the uh, the away shirt that we wore in the 2000 UEFA Cup final against uh, Galatasaray. Not a particularly nice game or nice memories, but he says uh, the shirt, uh, because it had Sega on it, and he read somewhere that uh, in Italian, Sega means wank. He's not quite sure if that's true. I can assure you that it is. Uh, so we were going around with wank on our shirts to any Italian looking, so uh, that, that's fantastic as well. So well done to you, Ian. And also, uh, Rob says, my favourite Arsenal shirt is the one from the season before the red current one. The reason being, I have a bit of a beer gut and it made me look pregnant. And because of that, it made me feel special. Oh. So there you go. Well done to you, Rob. He also says, could you please call Despot a cunt? Um, he knows that already. But anyway, Despot, you're a cunt. Thank you all for your entries, and uh, there will, of course, be further competitions on the Arsecast in the weeks to come. Uh, just to touch uh, on the point of emails, and, and uh, thank you all for the emails that you sent to the Arsecast at uh, arsblog.com address. Uh, I get a ton of email, as you can imagine, and I don't really get a chance to answer all of it. I do my best, uh, but sometimes I fall behind, and then there's just 40 or 50 emails there, and, and my head nearly explodes with the thoughts of trying to answer them all. Uh, so if you have sent an email and I haven't responded... My apologies. It doesn't mean I haven't read them. I do read every single one and, um, you know, keep them coming. As regular re uh, readers, you're not readers anymore, are you? You're listeners. As regular listeners will know, Arsene Wenger Hawkins is a man of peace, uh, a man of love, a man of consideration, compassion, who always cares for his fellow man, uh, a man who's not easily riled, a man who would never resort to extreme violence to, to solve a problem. But there are occasionally uh, one or two people in this world that, that just get his goat a little bit. And with a look ahead to the Bolton game on Saturday, here is Arsene Wenger Hawkins. I am not a fan of Bolton manager Sam Allardyce. He makes my blood, which is made up 95% of WD-40 and 5% methylated spurts, boil. That is not a good combination to have boily, as I could spontaneously combust at any moment. Obviously this is not good as I really don't want to explode whilst enjoying one of my favorite leisure pursuits, such as long balls, or running over Chelsea fans with my specially modified car. But what to do? I have thought long and hard about it, and there is only one way to approach it. Allardyce is as sly and cunning as a room full of faxes, so I would have to be slyer and cunninger than a warehouse full of faxes. What I would do is, pose as a toilet repair man and call to his house. Hello, governor. I would say, I've got to fix your bike, innit? Making my way upstairs to the lavatory area, I would pretend to fix it, even though it wasn't broken. Then I would empty a bag of those fish that swim up your dick if you take a piss into the Amazon. After a while, I would call down. Hello, mate. Your crapper is worky. Bish bush. Give it a try there. So Allardyce would go in to drain the lizard and dozens of those fish that swim up your mickey would swim up his mickey. Then I would lock the door and those fish would slowly eat their way up his urethra and eventually kill him. It would look just like an accident and nobody would ever think anything untoward had taken place. You've got to think different to take out the biggest cunts in the world. Oh yes. Thank you very much, Arson Wenger Hawkins. He will be back uh, next week with more of his... Uh... Whatever it is that he does. Now, um, one of the things I'd really like to do with the Arscast is to get uh, you lot more involved. And if you've read the blog over the last couple of days, you'll notice that uh, I've uh, put in a new 
thing, a system. If you go to the main uh, to the main Ars blog page and then on the right hand side, click on the Arscast logo, which takes you to the page all about the Arscast. You'll see the info there where you can actually go to a web page on Ars blog and with the, a microphone, an external microphone, or the internal microphone on your own computer. You can record a comment or a question for the for the Arscast. Now I've had a few this week. Some of them didn't turn out so well because of the the quality. Uh, but here's a couple, and um, I'll try and deal with them as we go along. The first one comes from uh, Joel. Hi, my name's Joel Abraham, living in Brighton, and I just wanted to ask, having been to the new stadium, what your opinion on the whole standing up versus sitting down debate is. Now, I personally believe that fans should be able to stand as it creates a better atmosphere, but obviously there are a lot of people who are unhappy about that. I just wanted to know what your own personal take on the situation was. Thanks for that, Joel. I think uh, standing at football matches uh, creates a, a far, far better atmosphere than, than everybody sitting down because you're on your feet, you're more active, uh, things happen more spontaneously. I think the big problem, though, is uh, in an all-seater stadium, uh, unless you've got a whole area uh, that's dedicated to standing, uh, it's going to cause problems because uh, you get some people that want to stand and some people that want to sit, and I suppose anybody that wants to sit and watch the game, having paid their money, can sit and watch the game. And if they've got a whole group of people in front of them standing up, uh, it's no wonder it causes problems but uh, it would be lovely to see a, a, a terraced area again uh, in some of the big football stadiums because it really does uh, make a big difference to the atmosphere but uh, sadly I don't see that happening anytime soon next up is a question from Morris I want to know why Adebayo cannot score goals with his head why every time he goes up for the ball he's beaten by the other defenders thank you Morris I think you're, you're underestimating Adebayo there a little bit. Uh, he can't score goals with his feet either. And I think, uh, I don't know, I think people are looking for him to uh, to do things that he's not really capable of doing. Uh, they're looking at him as a big tall guy and expecting a, a target man, but I don't really think that's his game at all. I think he likes uh, to play with the ball more on the ground. Um, although he did score with his head against uh, Villa last season, and I think he scored against Everton in the Carlin Cup with his head. So uh, maybe he's learning, Morris. Finally, not a question this time, but a rather splendid comment from Donald. Well, I just thought I'd let everybody know that me and three, four other friends have bought the Perry Groves book as opposed to what that little cunt may have written. I mean, uh, we all agree that what possibly interesting could that little money-grabbing midget could have written about? I mean, apart from... Who fed him to the Sharks or how much money he wasn't offered? Ha ha, brilliant. I love that. <laughs> uh, thank you, Donald, for your comment. Anyone that would like to leave a question or a suggestion uh, or a comment for next week's Arscast, all you have to do is go to the main Ars blog page. On the right-hand side, you'll see the link uh, for the Arscasts and all the information and the instructions of how to record your comment are there. If it's good enough, uh, we'll use it. Uh, and that's it. Anyway, uh, speaking of Perry Groves, uh, the latest sales figures that I have based on the Amazon.co.uk sales charts are that Perry's book... Uh, has uh, sold enough copies to make it number 153 on the Amazon.co.uk charts. That's a reasonably good figure, that 153. Ashley Cole, uh, his book, is currently languishing at number 2,560. Brilliant. Uh, it's good to see that the Arsenal fans will buy the book of a real legend and treat Ashley's book with the contempt that it deserves. I'm sure not even Chelsea fans have been buying it, but brilliant. Uh, we all know for sure that Perry Groves is far, far better than Ashley Cole. And if you uh, haven't got the book yet, if you'd like to go along and get it signed, 
Perry is going to be on the 30th of November, which is, I think, uh, this Thursday coming. He'll be in Borders Bookshop in Islington. Uh, so get along there to uh, buy your copy of the book and get it signed and meet Perry himself. And also, after the Spurs game, he'll be doing a Q&A and some signings in the Rocket, which is on the Holl Holloway Road, which is where the Red Action Group meet. And uh, he'll be in there after the Spurs home game. Uh, so go along there as well. And on to the final part of our show, which is the bet of the week, with thanks to bluesquare.com. That's www.bluesq.com. Uh, this week, Simon Wolf says, Thierry Henry missed Arsenal's final Champions League game, or he misses Arsenal's final Champions League group game against Porto through suspension, but he will return to the starting eleven this week after starting last weekend's game on the bench. He can be banked at 20-1 to 1 to get booked again and score at any time against Bolton on Saturday. So that's 20-1 to 1 to get booked and to score at any time against Bolton this Saturday. So get to www.bluesq.com and place your bets now. Okay, that's it for another Arscast. More next week. Thanks for listening. Talk to you then. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.